When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Legends, nothing personal word of the day. It is Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. The word of the day is legends. Make sure you go back and listen. Got off the plane from Africa, East Africa last night and recorded an MLB trade deadline show. Did it live actually. Thanks for everyone who turned in. We are back now this morning. I'm going to do a full recap of the trip because it was full of one epiphany after another one experience after another. I have no illusions how lucky I am to have experienced what I experienced. And I want to go through some of it with you. You were with me on Twitter at David P. Sampson, on Instagram at David P. Sampson. We had Coco holding down the fort. Thank you for listening to the mailbag episodes. It was uh, it was something. But today, there's just too much to get to. We have to talk about Deshaun Watson and the Dolphins. We have to talk about Kyler Murray, a pretty heavy NFL show. I mean, if you're going to be one of the top NFL opinion people, then you might as well talk NFL. But we start today with legends. My phone rang a couple times. I was asleep. I woke up at 1.30 in the morning. I don't really know what's with jet lag. When you don't sleep a lot, it really doesn't matter. But I did miss a call where I had an opportunity to get on CBS Sports HQ, maybe get on with you and talk about a legend named Vin Scully who passed away at 94 yesterday. Vin Scully is the voice of baseball. Vin Scully is the reason why there are hundreds of millions of fans, not just in Los Angeles, but around the country, around the world, who got to know baseball. And I want to talk about Vin Scully as one of the legends who passed away. Bill Russell passed away. We want to talk about him too. And I'm also going to talk for a minute, if you'll indulge me. Today, it's been one year since my sister passed away. I want to start with Vin, and here's why. When you have a life 
that happens whether you die at 20, 40, 60, 80, or 100. At some point during that life, you take stock. Some people do it on a daily basis. Some people have an early midlife crisis, a mid-midlife crisis, a late midlife, early, early, late, late, doesn't matter. Taking stock is when you figure out where do you fit? That is the most difficult question that we are faced with. It's the human condition. I can't wait to talk about the animals in the jungle and talk about where they fit. But as human beings, as people who are contemplative, who question what you do on a daily basis, what you think about the relationships you have with your family, with your friends, where do you fit? It can become paralyzing. It can become sad. It can become worrying almost mesmerizing to have that conversation. I met Vin Scully many, many times, but I wanna talk about one particular conversation that we had that I think about very, very often. I went to visit him when the Marlins were playing the Dodgers. I'd met him when I first got into baseball, but the first time I had a meaningful conversation with him was when I was in Los Angeles. And this was the first full conversation other than nice to meet you hey congratulations when i got into the game and it was like meeting a true celebrity and when i've met celebrities over the years i am not the goo goo gaga i'm my tongue doesn't get tied as i'm sure you can imagine given what i do for a living but often when i meet people i get the opportunity to listen and that's my favorite thing to do not that I'm a student of the human condition, but I do enjoy listening to what people say, trying to understand why they say it. In my mind, I'm predicting what they're gonna say before they say it, and then I test my hypotheses, which end up being wrong more than they're right, but it is an interesting exercise to undergo. So I walked into his booth. That is where the only time that I have spent time with Vin Scully is in his booth. I saw him in the media food room several times, but in the booth is where the conversation happened. I walked in and I wanted to thank him. And I thanked him for finding a love and the ability to pass on that love to other people. The love of baseball, the rhythm of baseball Vin Scully and his voice and his he was a solo person in the booth all the time when he called Dodgers games he had the ability to have a cadence and when you have a microphone and that is your life and you are trying to communicate to people through a microphone when you're communicating to an audience of many trying to connect one at a time it is very difficult to do I thanked Vin because I wanted him to know how appreciated he was, not just by people within baseball, not just by executives, but by everyday people. And I asked him a question that I hoped would elicit a relatively deep, long, meaningful answer. And I asked him about his job and when he knew, not what he wanted to be, because that's a question that most people ask, when he knew that he was the best ever at what he was doing. And he started talking to me immediately. First, he said, that is not how I view myself. 
He said, I view myself as a conduit between the great athletes on the field and the people who both want to be the athletes, who want to appreciate the athletes, and who want to get enjoyment from what the athletes do. And he then spoke to me about how comforting it is to do what you love when it fits the talent that you have. And he was very, very sanguine about his talent level, very, very subtle in ways of letting you know how great he was because in his mind, he just was doing what he loved, the job that he was doing. That's it. Didn't realize, I don't know how you don't, when you are the best of the best, I guess his ego just wasn't that big. But he started talking to me about what his place was and where he fit and how comfortable he was in what his role had been created, what he had created and what his role was. And he said the following. He said, David, when you realize that you are both good at something because people believe you're good at it and you believe you're good at it, that's when you know that you have found your calling. That's when you know you have found your fit. And I asked him a follow-up because it was such an interesting answer because so many of us believe we're good at what we do and that gives us self-satisfaction. Other people try to take compliments about how beautiful they are, how smart they are, how good they are. And they don't really, they're not comfortable in their own skin. They're not comfortable in their intellectual abilities or physical abilities or attributes. So they don't know how to react to it. That's when you say to someone, wow, you don't know how to take a compliment. Or people who are delusional think that they're getting compliments when they're getting criticisms or think that they're good at something when they're not. It is very rare when there is sync between what you believe and what other people believe about you. Just think about it in your own life. Go through all the different categories of your life and think about where is that intersection where you're sure beyond a reasonable doubt that your belief is someone else's belief. And I asked him, did you know that because you hear from so many people how good you are at what you do? And he said, no, it's not about what the audience tells me. He said it was about what players say to him. And I was so young in my career that I didn't understand it until later. I didn't realize fully at that point the way players react to the radio and the TV play-by-play -play employees, the way players pay attention to how they are perceived, to the way they are described. And he said to me that it was always important to him for the players to understand that he was there to paint a picture. And that in order to paint a picture, you have to use every color of the palette. And what he meant by that, when he continued to extrapolate, is that to have credibility with your audience, you have to be able to explain everything that's going on, no matter whether it is positive or negative, to the people who you are describing what actions they are taking. Through his career, there was not one player who took issue with anything he said. There wasn't one player who said he was not describing accurately what was happening with the player, with the scene, with the game, with the situation. Not one manager, and I spoke to Tommy Lasorda about Vin Scully. I'm not flexing names, but I spoke to Don Mattingly about Vin Scully.
everyone had a Vin Scully story. Everyone had their desire to have a relationship with Vin Scully. What a life he led. Rest in peace, Vin Scully. There will not be another voice. Your words of wisdom are with so many people. A quick word about Bill Russell, Coca. If you don't know who Bill Russell is, please just look him up. You can watch video if you want, but just know this. First African-American head coach, the greatest winner in the history of sports, someone who took the responsibility of that and for four and a half score plus three years, walking around being Bill Russell was never easy. Bill changed the game of basketball, changed what it means to be a big man. And one little note about a year before we get to Deshaun Watson, Coke, I'm sorry, we can go a little past 45 minutes. A year ago when my sister passed away, I wasn't sure what would happen next in our family. I wasn't sure what would happen in terms of not having one of my siblings. And after 12 months, I am struck by how far ago it seems that she died and how acute the loss still is. I wasn't sure what I would miss the most, but it came to me last night right before I passed out, thinking about how I would feel today. There have been so many times during the past year that I wanted to call her to talk about things that were going on with me, with my family, to hear things that were going on with her and her family, our combined family. And I have lost the person who gave me balance because she was not my number one fan. She was my number one ally. And people want fans. People want their ego stroked. But so many of us do not have any allies. And that's what Nancy was. I miss her every day. I don't know what the next year will bring, but I suspect it will bring more moments where I need an ally and I don't have one. There's no transition here, Coca. So there you go. Deshaun Watson. Before I left on July 7th, I recorded the last Lebetard show. I'll do Lebetard again tomorrow. And Mike Ryan said, hey, we're going to record this. And we got to talk about Deshaun Watson. But it's likely there could be a ruling the next day. And then the show would be old. Or we'd have to figure out how we can do a new one. But you're going to be on a plane, et cetera, et cetera. Coca said to me, hey, we got to be ready when you're in Africa for the Deshaun Watson suspension. There's a lot going on here. Guess what? I left, I came back, and it just came out a couple days ago. Here's a quick primer. Deshaun Watson settled over 20 lawsuits of women where he supposedly and allegedly had inappropriate contact with during the course of a massage. He had massages with scores of women. Let's say a third of them said, you're inappropriate. You showed me your private parts. You asked me to touch your private parts. You did not act the way you're supposed to act in massage. I'm going to sue you. I'm never going to settle. I am never going to settle. He settled. The NFL said, we want you out for a year. 
Not the Trevor Bauer two years, but one year. But we are going to go before an independent arbitrator, and that arbitrator will render a decision. And then if we want to appeal, we can appeal to ourselves because Roger Goodell would hear it. The Players Association could appeal to Roger Goodell. Then you had little rumors floating out. When rumors get floated out about the length of a suspension, it is because the decision has already been made and you are trying to get some of the reaction out of the way. You're trying to get people familiar with what's going to happen. It happened with Roe v. Wade with the leaked opinion. It happens often. We saw four to eight games. Four to eight games for Deshaun Watson. It can't be. This is what the NFL is going to allow and agree to. There's going to be a negotiated settlement of four to eight games for a guy who got $230 million from the Cleveland Browns that is completely backloaded, so he's not going to miss any money. Don't tell me about the money he gave up last year. He was not suspended. He was on the inactive list. He got paid his entire salary. He got zero hits to the brain, zero sacks against, and he got full pay. When I saw the four to eight games, you knew immediately he was getting six games. That's how the leaks work. That's how we prepare you for what's coming. So Deshaun Watson gets a six-game suspension. And I was flabbergasted. Flabbergasted because I took the opportunity to read excerpts of the opinion by the judge slash arbitrator in the case. And I got the opportunity to read the statement by Jimmy and D. Haslam. Jimmy Haslam is the owner of the Cleveland Browns, a persona non grata within football because of the guaranteed money he gave to Deshaun Watson. He doesn't care. Jimmy Haslam, the one who said, we spoke to our daughters, we spoke to everyone, Andrew Berry, their GM, we did a ton of research, didn't speak to one victim. You know from nothing personal that it is just business. It's about the business of money and winning games. When you know that your quarterback is going to be suspended six games and you've got plenty of notice, you take the time to craft a statement in order to start the process of moving forward. The entire purpose of every PR statement in every situation is to try to put a knot around, a tourniquet around the situation, around the event, allow for healing and move on. That's the object. Not for Jimmy Haslam. Jimmy Haslam said, we're going to release a statement and we're going to do it in a way that is guaranteed to be criticized on nothing personal. Throughout this process, Deshaun and his representatives have abided by the newly created and agreed upon process for the NFLPA and the NFL to defer to the objective Judge Sue L. Robinson to comprehensively review all information and make a fair decision. That first sentence is already a level of horse hockey that is unacceptable for a first show back after a hiatus. The Players Association has been very clear, and they even made an announcement before the final decision was made that we are going to be okay. Oh, I said the wrong word, Coca. 469. The Players Association made a statement after they knew what the decision was before it had been announced that they said, we're not going to appeal. We are going to live with the suspension as is, and we hope the NFL does the same. 
They knew exactly the number of games it was going to be when they made that magnanimous statement. Six games? Jimmy Haslam said, we respect Judge Robinson's decision. Thank you. And at the same time, here we go, empathize and understand that there have been many individuals triggered throughout this process. Who gave you that word, Jim? Triggered? What exactly was triggering? The part where he was alone trying to get physical attention inappropriately from the masseuses? The fact that every time he's met the media, he tells you how many women are in his life and how respectful he is of women and how he would never do what he was alleged of? Is that what's triggering? Or is the fact that he only got six games, is that what's triggering? We know Deshaun is remorseful that this situation has caused much heartache to many. How many times are you going to screw this up? That is not what we want Deshaun Watson to be remorseful for. We want him to be remorseful for the pain that he caused these women. For using his power in an inappropriate way because he's a professional athlete who thinks that he's above any sort of responsibility for his behavior. But he has stuck to the script. I'll give him credit for that. He stuck to the script saying, I did nothing. If anyone is upset, and by the way, I'm the king of it. My name's David Sampson, and here's what I do that hurts my personal relationships. I always say, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry that you feel that my behavior has hurt you. I'm sorry. Not for what I did, but for the way you reacted to what I did. There is nothing more frustrating and angering to the people I love than for me to say it the way I say it, and I do it all the time, and I catch myself, and I can't change. Now, granted, the things that I'm sorry for are not anywhere in the neighborhood of what Deshaun Watson should be sorry for. But he continues to say, and his owners continue to be okay with it. That he's remorseful for the situation that caused the heartache, not for his behavior. He will continue the work needed to show who he is on and off the field, and we will continue to support him. That's it. That's their whole statement. After a year, after months as a brand where he, they could have been prepared. Here's how the statement should have been read. We are thankful to Judge Sue Robinson for only suspending Deshaun Watson for six games. We recognize there was a very high likelihood that he would be suspended for a year, which is why we signed him to the contract we did. All of that said, we want to give Deshaun Watson a second chance. And the reason we want to give him a second chance, which is really a 25th chance, which is really a 68th chance, is that we have a responsibility to you, the fan, and to our sponsors to win as many games as possible. For all fans and sponsors who are upset with his behavior, just know that he has owned up to everything he did, and we are getting him the help that he needs so he will no longer be a sexual predator. We are hoping this can close the book on the discipline for Deshaun Watson but we understand the book will never be closed for the women and the families who've been impacted by his behavior. 
That's the statement that you want to give. You want to give the power back from the athlete to the people the athlete took advantage of. The object of a well-written statement, in addition to being the tourniquet, in this specific example, the object of the statement is to give credibility, credence, the power and the right to heal and move forward while recognizing the pain of that process. Because all you read about is Deshaun moving on, what he's going to do to be a good man on and off the field, all the great things he's going to do in the community. That's what we continue to read about. No, let's read about victims. Let's stop victim shaming. Let's stop trying to explain the behavior that happens so rampantly in the NFL and in our society. Why can't we for once, just one time, acknowledge what it is to be a victim. Meanwhile, Roger Goodell sits on his $50 million perch and says, on to the next. That is a luxury that commissioners, the chairman, CEOs, presidents, that is the luxury that we always have. We say, what's next? Made famous by President Bartlett and West Wing. What's next? By definition, what's next means what's last and past is done. Are you ready to say what's next to Deshaun Watson? Yesterday was the MLB trade deadline. Go back, listen to the episode. In Miami, there was a lot of talk about what the Marlins were doing. Are they buying? Are they selling? They're definitely selling. Did they sell enough? What's their plan? They're year five. Maybe Jeter was smart to leave because they still stink. They need a new GM. They need a new manager, a new president, a new owner. Wait, they got that. They need it again. A lot of attention. And then all of a sudden, there was a release by the National Football League about the Miami Dolphins. Jimmy Haslam was happy. The Marlins were happy. Steve Ross was not happy. Steve Ross is the owner of the Dolphins who has accomplished on the field roughly zero. He certainly has made Hard Rock Stadium in Miami a destination. They have F1. They have tennis tournaments. They've got red carpets. They've got fancy celebrities. they got a lot of stuff. They sign a lot of players, spend a lot of money, and it does not translate to a lot of wins. Steve Ross was accused in a Brian Flores lawsuit, their head coach at the time, of being offered $100,000 to lose games. That got a lot of attention when Brian Flores filed his lawsuit. Go back and listen to previous shows. That was my number one focus. Forget the fact that minority interviews are a sham because they are in every sport. Forget the fact that there is discrimination. Of course there is. But throwing games... That was going to be the biggest deal that Roger Goodell had to handle. Way too much money involved. Too big a stake in the gambling entities to have any concern about the integrity of the game. Not whether one team's better than the other. That gets reflected in the spread. If you are trying to get a better draft pick and supposedly tanking, that's fine. I've never been against it. That is reflected in the spread. When you're an underdog by 17 points, that's because your team is 17 points worse on that particular day, according to bookies, and then according to people who bet, and that leaves the spread where it is. 
Then we got word that Tom Brady was going to be a Dolphin. That's unbelievable. There was going to be a deal in place to bring Tom Brady to be the quarterback of the Dolphins. Sorry, Tua. We love you. We're in like Flynn. We're keeping you. You're the most accurate passer. You're going to bring us a championship like you did in Bama. Everything's great. Did he win one in Alabama, by the way, Coca? I just said that. I don't even know if he did. He may have. But we're also going to bring in Sean Payton to replace Brian Flores, the white coach from New Orleans. But then Brian Flores filed the lawsuit, and bing, bang, boom, you got Mike McDaniel, a minority head coach in Miami. The NFL had a small problem. They had to deal with this issue. Not the issue of Tom Brady and Sean Payton. Not the issue of tampering. They had to deal with the issue of throwing games. If an owner is offering $100,000 to lose a game, that's going to be a problem. So the NFL did what all the leagues do. They hired Coca and Sampson to investigate. We hired Mary Jo White. Quite a living she makes off these investigations. And yesterday the announcement came and it was a doozy. Stephen Ross has been suspended until the middle of October, fined a million dollars, a limited partner fined a half a million dollars, or maybe a million and a half dollars plus half a million. The Dolphins were stripped of a first-round pick and a third-round pick. What a punishment. Let's read the fine print. What were they found guilty of? Did Steve Ross throw games? Nope. Steve Ross was involved in tampering when Tom Brady was a Patriot and a Buccaneer. Rampant, excessive tampering of another player. Tampering of an existing head coach. Here's how tampering works. You call up the player agent, you call up the player, you call up the coach. You say, hey, we're not supposed to talk, but we have great interest in you. Let's see if we can make it happen. The number of times we spoke to Ozzie Gein when he was a manager or Don Mattingly when he was managing the Dodgers or players when we want to bring them in every day. I don't need to do a show about it because I've done plenty. Tampering happens. The NFL knows tampering happens, just like the NBA knows. But the NBA investigates all these teams signing these players right on the day when free agency starts. It's so funny to me. The NBA wants players to sign on the day free agency starts, but then says, oh, don't tamper. How exactly did those signings happen? Give me a break. So the NFL said, Steve, what you did wrong is your rampant, excessive tampering. But as for the $100,000, we know you said it. We found it to be true. But no one believed it was a real offer. Do you know how many times I've dealt with owners who say things that I know aren't real offers, except the people who hear it think they are? I promise you, if we win this game, I'll get you that. If we get to the playoffs, I'll get you this. If we do that, this. Are you joking? No, I'm dead serious. It's not going to happen. When your boss comes up to you and tells you something, do you have the luxury of deciding whether or not it's a real request? When your boss comes up and says, hey, I'd like to offer you X or Y, 
Do you just say thank you? Do you ask for clarification? Do you ask for something in writing? It depends, doesn't it? You never ask for something in writing when you know it's something off the books, something that may be not exactly fully kosher. Think Brian Flores responded to Stephen Ross saying, hey, can I get that proof? Can I send you my wiring instructions? The NFL wants you to believe that the offer made by Steve Ross was not genuine, not real, that no one reasonably could have expected to have gotten paid $100,000 to lose a game. And the proof is they won two games at the end of that season, which hurt their draft position. My side hurt from laughing. That's not what needs to be addressed here. Not whether or not the Dolphins won an extra game or two. Whether or not you have an owner who in addition to having a bad team wants to put a bounty on wins. But Steve Ross did not take this punishment well. That's what the NFL wants you to believe. This is where leagues and owners get together. It is critically important that leagues and owners discuss when there's going to be owner discipline and what the result of that discipline will be and what the memo will say from the league, what the statement will say from the owner. It is all done in concert. The NFL doesn't get a tweet from Adam Schefter. Oh, I guess that's what Steve Ross thinks of this suspension. You think that Roger Goodell called Steve Ross on a random Tuesday and said, hey, Steve, the results just came in. You're suspended till October. You can still go to games, but no league meetings. You're off all the committees. Can't be involved. Full Daniel Snyder. Don't worry. Steven Ross isn't going to know a thing. He'll have no idea what the game plan is of any game. He'll have no idea what's going on in training camp. He'll have no idea of any roster decisions. He's going to be out of the loop. You want to buy the Triborough Bridge? You could rename it if you want. Stephen Ross said the independent investigation cleared our organization on any issues related to tanking and all of Brian Flores' other allegations. Hmm. Is it an independent investigation when you tell the investigator what the conclusion has to be before the investigation starts? Or is that just confirmation? Is it an independent investigation? There's never been one that I've been a part of in Major League Baseball. Not one. We'll call it independent because we want you to believe it because we think you're stupid. The NFL knew exactly what the result of Mary Jo White's investigation was going to be before it started. It was completely fixed the way they all are. And you know what? You think sports is the only place that does that? As I've said all along, Steve Ross said, these allegations were false, malicious, and defamatory. And this issue is now put to rest. Okay. With regards to tampering, I strongly disagree with the conclusions and the punishment. You, you're disagreeing with the fact that you were involved in tampering? That can't be, right, Steve? I know that's not true. Why would you put that in the statement? Are you trying to do the old bait and switch? I vociferously disagree 
But then, of course, you follow it up with the sentence that always comes in the playbook of statements after you say you disagree. I will accept the outcome. Because the most important thing is that there be no distractions for our team as we begin an exciting and winning season. I will not allow anything to get in the way of that. (laughs) Hmm. Let me keep reading. Wow, there's nothing else in the statement. He didn't address the $100,000. Oh, let me read it again. He did. Oh, all of Brian Flores' other allegations. We've been cleared. That's not what actually was said by the NFL. Brian Flores saw what took place and was immediately upset and ready. Here's what's interesting about the Brian Flores statement. He was not given advance notice of this. He said he's thankful to the NFL's investigator that he found my factual allegations against Stephen Ross to be true. He's disappointed to learn that the investigator minimized Mr. Ross's offers and pressure to tank games. While the investigator found that the Dolphins had engaged in impermissible tampering of unprecedented scope and severity, but Steve Ross said, hey, I disagree with that conclusion. It's not unprecedented. He's right, actually. You know what? Coca, try to mix this into that Steve Ross when we talk about his statement. If Just mix this like 10 seconds in. Ready? Six, eight, nine. Steve Ross had it right in his statement because while the tanking, while the, damn it, hold on. Welcome back, a little rusty. All right, Ron Palello, we're going to go at it again. Four, eight, nine. While Steve Ross said in his statement that he's been cleared of all allegations, the NFL said there was tampering that was of unprecedented scope and severity. Unprecedented. Is that sort of like Madonna when you're like a virgin? I don't quite get that. Unprecedented. Tampering's tampering. Stephen Ross will avoid any meaningful consequence, Brian Flores said. When the integrity of the game is called into question, fans suffer and football suffers. Do you notice that Brian Flores' statement was focused on the 100,000? Not the discrimination. Not the sham interviews. The tampering really had nothing to do with Brian Flores except it hurt his feelings. Brian Flores' camp of lawyers understand that their best foothold is to continue to pound the fact that Stephen Ross wanted to pay for the losses. So where are we left here? I'll tell you where. No change. Owners are going to continue to tamper. GMs are going to continue to tamper. Owners are going to continue to tank to try to get better picks. The only thing that you are supposed to conclude from this entire Stephen Ross Dolphins situation is that the competitive integrity on the field has not been compromised. That's it. Are you willing to have that conclusion? I'm not. Okay. Where are we, Coca? When we come back, we're going to review a movie, and then we're going to talk about the Kyler Murray contract. We will be right back. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. 
But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. I'm going to get to Africa this week. I want to talk about the trip, tell you a few things that happened during the course of that trip that were life-changing. Thank you for, please remember to follow Nothing Personal on Apple and Spotify and subscribe. Please go to our YouTube channel. We were live right off the plane last night to talk about the trade deadline. I did watch plenty of movies and TV series during the break. And I wanted to do a quick review of a movie that I was so excited to watch. A $200 million budget, brand new Netflix movie with Ryan. I've got nine abs, Gosling, and Captain America himself, Chris Evans. Do I miss Jenny Slater, don't I? Was all into the movie until the first scene. Netflix spent $200 million on a movie. And they were unwilling to spend $35,000 on a script. It's like not hiring a free throw coach. It's like not hiring someone to help your pitchers. You have all the money in the world. The biggest budget for the biggest explosives like Danny McBride and Tropic Thunder. Let's light this place on fire. I have now saved you two hours of your life. The Gray Man is simply the most boring, horrific, ridiculous movie of all time. Coke and I have major, major disagreements and issues over this segment. And I want to tell you that here is the problem. Coco will tell you that when he watches movies, his favorite movie is John Wick. It's his favorite franchise, his favorite movies. There's a new Wick coming, isn't there, Matt? I think there is. He believes that movies that are action movies, you are only watching for the action and that's what should be reviewed. I believe whether movies are romantic comedies, whether they're dramas, whether they are action movies, sci-fi movies, horror movies, I am watching them not as a genre, I'm watching them as an entertainment opportunity cost. What's the one thing Coke and I agree on? It's time and how fleeting it is. If I'm going to give you two hours of my life, I don't want to just see things blown up. I want to see the same care and attention given to what the characters are actually saying versus what they're actually doing. Skip the gray man. How does Netflix spend $200 million? How? Because we all have a million subscriptions. We share it with as many people as we can. And then when you have too many devices, then you have to open another one. Eh, whatever. 
I am so tired of getting the email alerts. There's been a new login on your Netflix account from blank place, blank place. Oh, I forgot I gave my password to that person. Nothing personal pick of the day. My last pick was on July 7th. I'm sure you won't remember, but you can go back. The Mets beat the Marlins 10-0. We had the Mets. We're 78-64. and 64. We're now two days removed, two games removed from the trade deadline. There were games last night, and now there are games today. Teams are beginning to settle in. There is a game going on tonight between the Angels and the A's, and here is my imitation of Shohei Otani taking the ball tonight against the A's. Holy crap. Let me look to the left. Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Nope. Let me look to the right. Anybody? Joe, are you there? Oh, it's Phil? Is my translator at least here? Is the spread good tonight? I guess I got to do it myself. For the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles to win a game, Shohei Itani has to pitch. He has been pitching like a Cy Young Award winner. He's got a hit. He's been hitting like a top four MVP. And luckily, they're playing a team who's not very good. You're going to want to take the Angels over the A's. The only games are going to win the rest of the year when Otani pitches. All right, Coca, play me some music. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. From the movie Half-Baked, there's a character named Samson. People asking questions. Check out the movie. Get on Twitter at David P. Samson and ask me a question. I am not going to be able to catch up from the DMs from when I was away, but you know I try to engage. Hi, David. Hello. Have you ever seen a provision like the one that was contained in the Kyler Murray contract that then got eliminated less than a week after the contract was signed? Can you discuss whether or not you've ever changed a contract that quickly? Yes, I can. Kyler Murray is the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is the guy who I promised you would not sign an extension before the season started. I even had to wait to see about that. He's the one who wanted the extension. They didn't give it to him. He's got the same agent as the coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I just thought that they were going to let him play out his rookie deal and move along. It's they had a good year, but it's not like they've done anything, although they claim they have. So on March 2nd of 2022, I said he will not get an extension before the season. Boy, was I wrong. The NFL wanted to get another quarterback signed way under the Deshaun Watson signing. And they got Kyler Murray signed, $160 million deal, about $130 million of it guaranteed. Totally normal, totally fine. I didn't expect it, but that's the end of the story. But then, only a few minutes later, word came out about the strangest provision in any contract I've ever seen. We want you to be our quarterback. Here's what we expect. And there's all of these things in a player contract. What their exact job is. What they have to do. You're going to play 17 games. You are being signed to be the quarterback of the team. There may be situations where you're a wideout, but you're never going to be a defensive tackle. We expect you to make the following appearances. You have to do the following 25 things. You have off-season conditioning programs. You have off-season training camp. Then you've got training camp. Yada, yada, normal, boilerplate, good. But then we found out that there was a homework provision. 
a provision in the contract that actually took guaranteed money and made it non-guaranteed if he did not study, quote-unquote, undistracted for four hours a week. I saw that and I said, I don't even understand what the hell that is. When you are signed to be a truck driver, do you agree that you need to know how to drive manual? That you have to get a trucker's license? When you are signed to be a pilot, do you have to put in the contract, hey, don't forget to look at the flight plan. When we sign Major League Baseball players, we actually don't say you have to know who the starting pitcher is because we don't care. We just say you've got to be there when the game starts. Quarterbacks in football have a huge responsibility. Now, they can have something in their ear. They can have something on their wrist. They can learn what the plays are. But their job is to learn the plays, know where people are going to be before they're going to be there, understand the routes that are being run, understand which way to turn to hand the ball off. They've got to learn the playbook. A provision in the contract that calls for four hours of undistracted study, meaning you can't watch Netflix, no watching the gray man, you can't be on your phone, you can't post on social media, you can't take phone calls, don't play with the kids, don't play with the wife, no massages, we want your undivided attention for four whole hours. And if not, we can change that to not giving you the money that you thought you were guaranteed. When a contract happens between a player and a team, there are three sets of approvals. Four, six, nine. When a contract happens between a player and a team, there are four sets of approvals. You've got the player, you've got the team, you've got the league, and you've got the union. All four parties have to sign off on every contract that is signed in football. There are people whose job it is within the players union and in the commissioner's office to look through the guaranteed language and make notes so other teams can see what the guaranteed language is. So the commissioner's office and the higher ups can see what the guaranteed language is. And so the union can say, what are teams going to do to try to make this money unguaranteed? Because that's the goal of every single president of a team. When you have a guaranteed contract and the player stinks, you want to find a way to get the guaranteed money to get it to disappear. You look for any violation of any provision, which is why the union is very clear that all provisions are going to be crystal clear, like Jack Nicholson style crystal clear. Are we clear? Yes, this money's guaranteed. I don't care if he can't throw a five yard out when there's nobody playing defense. It's like the Pro Bowl. Nope, still guaranteed. All four parties agreed to this provision. There's nothing more that needs to be said about it. I may think it's the stupidest, most ridiculous provision of all time. I would not have allowed my player to sign it. I would have not allowed, if the union should not have allowed Kyler Murray to sign it. The league should have been thrilled with this provision. The Cardinals thrilled with this provision because if Kyler Murray stinks, I get to go to court and say he stinks because he didn't study for four hours because his phone was on and we've got the records. Here's his cell phone records. We know exactly the algorithm of what he was doing on Instagram and on Netflix and on Hulu. This was not undistracted study time. But everyone approved it. But then the media got hold of it. It became viral. And Kyler Murray got embarrassed. Kyler Murray was forced to address it.
because everyone said correctly so why the hell is that provision in there if you want to find a way to make guaranteed money not guaranteed put in there a clause that says the player cannot do the activity that he loves to do stupid me put in the d gordon contract d gordon may not play basketball i forgot to say d gordon may not do steroids my bad the player may not play racquetball love you niner forgot to put that in if you're worried that Jam- that Jamal Murray, sorry, that's the Denver Nuggets player. If you're worried that Kyler Murray is not going to give you his time and attention off the field, why are you giving him $130 million? If you're not worried about it, then why do you have a provision in there that says he's got to study? Kyler Murray was forced to actually say there's multiple different ways to watch film. Of course, we all watch film. That doesn't need to be questioned. I refuse to let my work ethic and my preparation be in question. I've put an incomprehensible amount of time into what I do. Hey, Kyler, just a little nugget here. There's one thing that is always comprehensible, and that's time. It is the thing that can be measured more than anything in the world, more than water, more than weight. Yeah, Zion, more than anything. We measure time. Tom Hanks, Castaway, time. An incomprehensible amount. Tell me. I want to comprehend. How much time do you actually spend? Who cares? The Arizona Cardinals took two days. Was it one? Was it three? Don't know. And they got rid of the provision. They decided that the juice was not worth the squeeze. They had offended their player. They made an entire statement about it. They actually said, after seeing the distraction it created, we removed the addendum from the contract. It was perceived in ways that were never intended. I'm sorry, could you explain, if you're Arizona, what you did intend? I'm just spitballing here, but when we negotiate contracts with players and we're negotiating the guaranteed language, the players and their representatives question every sentence, every word, every syllable. This was perceived in ways that were never intended. Our confidence in Kyler Murray is as high as it's ever been, and nothing demonstrates our belief in his ability to lead this team more than the commitment reflected in this contract. Ha! I think they should have said, nothing demonstrates our belief in his ability to lead this team more than the money we guaranteed, but we wanted to do a small little caveat. Just a little tiny thing that said, man, we hope he actually doesn't get distracted by all the money and spend his time buying houses, cars. It's outrageous. The only thing more outrageous than the provision is how quickly the Cardinals gave in. If you run a team and you are succumbing to media and fan pressure and you take away a right and an advantage that you had in a contractually negotiated outcome, you know what you are? You're spineless, and that's what the Arizona Cardinals are. They deserve from Kyler Murray his divided attention over the next several years. They deserve to have a team that does not win with a quarterback who does not care. Because until you give us the actual explanation of why you had the homework provision in, we're not going to believe anything you say. Unless, of course, you say, It's just business. Welcome, Kyler. This is nothing personal. 